Parenting is often lived in the extremes. It's either great joy or chaotic overwhelm. In one moment you're nailing it and the next you're losing your cool. I want to help you find your way to the messy middle, to a place of balance. You see, balance is a verb, not a state of being. It is a thing you do, not a thing you are. It is an action, a process, a series of micro-corrections that you make each and every day to keep yourself feeling centered. We are never truly balanced. We are engaged in the process of balancing. Hello, I'm Dr. Laura Froyan, and this is the Balanced Parent Podcast, where overwhelmed, stressed out, and disconnected parents go to find tools, mindset shifts, and practices to help them stop yelling at the people they love and start connecting on a deeper level, all delivered with heaping doses of grace and compassion. Join me in conversations that will help you get clear on your goals and values and start showing up in your parenting, your relationships, your life with open-hearted authenticity and balance. Let's go. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Balanced Parent Podcast. I'm Dr. Laura Froyan, and I'm really excited to be talking about a really important topic today. We're going to be talking about the postpartum experience uh, and how you can move from surviving to thriving in your postpartum period, even in the midst of a pandemic. And to help us with this discussion, I have a wonderful guest who I really want to introduce to you. And so we're going to be talking with postpartum expert Tilda Timmers, and um, I'm going to let her introduce herself, and then we're just going to sit down and kind of have a chat about what it's like to be a new parent, um, how to find balance in these crazy times when you are growing your family and we're in the midst of a worldwide kind of chaotic pandemic, um, and how to feel more like yourself uh, as you find yourself and your identity in parenthood. All right, so Tilda, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, and what you do? Yeah, hi. So nice to be here. Uh, yeah, I'm Tilda. I live in the Netherlands. I have two daughters, uh, Lydia, she's six years old, and Emmy, she is two and a half. And I'm a therapist specialized in postpartum depression. And I wrote a book, This is Postpartum, which will launch June 16. And I decided to become a therapist after I went through postpartum depression in 2014. Um, when I was 22 weeks pregnant, my grandmother passed away, which was really hard on me because, you know, she was like my mom, my, my role model, my everything. And um, when I lost her, I could already feel like I wasn't feeling well in the pregnancy, you know, very sad and, um, you know, could hardly get out of my bed. But then you keep going because you're pregnant, you know, you have to take care of yourself and your baby. And um, then I had a really traumatic birth. And then I remember that already after the birth, I wasn't feeling well. I was really down. And I saw another mom in the hospital room, like cocooning with her baby. And I was more like, oh, leave me alone. I need to recover from what I've just been through, you know. And um, yeah, it got worse and worse during the week. So I cried for hours and I was really anxious that something would happen to my baby. And yeah, I wasn't feeling well at all. And then after a while, my best friend called me and said, you know, 
still I don't recognize you. I don't know what's going on, but you need to, to open up to be like, what's going on? And then, you know, I just broke into a million pieces and I cried and I told her everything. And yeah, she basically pushed me into the door of the therapist. And then I finally could start the road to recovery. And then after, I think, 10 months or something, I felt better. And then um, I started thinking about, you know, what do I want to do with my life? Do I, I've been through so much and I knew that I didn't want to go back to my old job. But what do I want? And then I was like, you know, I really want to help other moms. Like I was being helped, you know. And then I decided to retrain myself to become a therapist. And um, I wrote a blog about my postpartum depression. And that blog went viral on all Dutch media outlets. And before I knew it, like it was everywhere. And I was like, wow, this is something is really happening, you know. Maybe I should do something with that. And then I decided to start writing a book. And the rest is history. <laughs> well, I think it's probably that post went viral because this is an experience that almost all of us can resonate with, even if we don't yeah. have a you know diagnosis of um, postpartum depression or anxiety. Like oh, it's it can be very rough. You know, we shift our identity. Um, our bodies are changing. It, yeah. It's it's a really intense time period um, totally yeah totally and, and you have to like, talk about it you have to talk about it yeah and if you don't if you bottle it all up inside it gets worse you know because you don't have to have a diagnosis like you said you can you know i see moms in my practice who are just really insecure or uh, feel so overwhelmed or just don't know how to handle that whole thing called motherhood you know because it's it, let's be honest it's the hardest job in the world it's also the most beautiful job in the world but it's hard yeah you know I think I think that's like that gets to the heart of the thing is that it can be both I, I think yeah taking a balanced approach to motherhood or a balanced approach to kind of any piece of it. We have to, if we're going to do that. We can't always yeah. just see the good and be positive and blank, you know, not focus on the bad. I mean, sometimes there's, you have to do that. Sometimes you have to just push through, but you have like, you have to recognize like that there's good and bad. There's things that are yep. really hard and things that are really rewarding and it doesn't have to be either or, or it can be both. And I think that's, yeah, so I think on a daily basis for me as a mom, it's both all the time, but a new mom, for example, when you look at social media, you see all these moms, these Insta perfect moms that are, you know, pretending that it's all fine and they all look flawless with their hair and their makeup and their Pinterest houses. And, you know, and, I feel like those moms are like, oh, so this is the standard. I should live up to that standard. Mm. And I try to teach moms, like, no, you need to lower that bar for yourself. Because if you aim for perfection all the time, you won't achieve it. And you feel like a failure all day. It, it, that's not a nice feeling, you know. So try to lower the bar and just think like, hey, good is good enough. And we'll try again tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's so important, too, because the kind of, the overarching research on child development, um, which is where I'm a super nerd as well, <laughs> in child development, is that good enough parenting is what's best for kids. Not perfect parenting. Exactly. It's good enough. Like just yeah. good enough. Yeah. Okay. So let's, I want to ask you, um, so I, you know, something that, um, 
in your book, you have a chapter on the negative kind of getting out of a negative spiral. And I think that that's something that um, my listeners would be really interested in figuring out how to do. Um, I want to talk a little bit about kind of what it's like to be in a postpartum um, period in this specific time place. But I also want to make sure that, you know, in a year from now, people, you know, we're in a different place. They can still get benefit from, from your expertise. Yeah. 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 So, um, so this, this negative spiral, because this is something that I hear from my clients. It's something that I personally experienced in my own postpartum journeys. Um, and so I'd love to hear you speak to that a little bit and give us some kind of actionable ways that you can get out of that spiral. Some even, you know, whatever they are, some small practices, daily action steps that people can do right now. If they find themselves in that spiral to get them spiraling back up the other way or kind of get them out of it. Yeah. For me personally, and what I also teach my clients is that mindfulness is the way out. So if you, if you find yourself in a negative spiral all the time, start doing some serious mindfulness work and read about it. And if you combine that with meditation and yoga, you will find so much more peace of mind Um, because we are all in that do mode, you know, go, 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 you know, take care of the kids, work from home. Some moms have to homeschool their kids. We have to do the chores in the house. It's, it's a lot. And especially like you said, during this pandemic, we're all home. (laughs) So there's no escaping, you know, there's no escaping. You can't just go anywhere. You're just home all day. And that's hard. You know, because we all need a break sometimes. And um, so I advise my clients to start looking for the things that you can do at home. You know, for example, make a schedule with your partner, like who works when, who can take a break, and who takes care of the kids. And then you know exactly when you have your me time. And then in that hour or maybe two hours, you can take a bath or read a book or do yoga or meditate or do whatever makes you feel good, you know. And then really enjoy the moment, like let go of your phone for a while, just be in the here and the now and, you know, be really mindful about that. Do you think our phones, like in new motherhood, I remember being glued to my phone in a way that I never had been before. Uh, do you, do you think they get in the way of our like recovery? Like, do you, like, do you, I'm not sure if it's in the way. It depends on like if you Google a lot, you know, if you're really insecure. Mm-hmm. My clients Google a lot. So I tell them like, you can't Google anymore. Like if you really <laughs> want to know something, ask your doctor or your partner to Google it for you. But please stop Googling. So then in that way, it could get in the way. But I think it's also a great way to stay in touch uh, with your friends or, you know, read relevant stuff like uh, at the New York Times or the Washington Post website, you know, that's, that's relevant. But if you start, you know, reading on forums or, you know, things that are not necessarily true, you can start feeling really insecure as a mom. Okay. So it sounds like you're saying that boundaries are key. Yeah, exactly. And also, I don't know if you noticed the same, but I think what people are posting on public spaces, of course, is sometimes so outrageous and not filtered. You know what I mean? People can be brutal. And if you read that and you're feeling vulnerable, I don't think that's, you know, helping at all. No, right. I I agree. And so 
let me just share a little bit about my own postpartum experiences. Sure. So I have two kids. One is seven and a half um, and one is five, just turned five. So almost the same kind of differences as your kids, but a little, mine are a little older. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I, you know, I had two very rough postpartum experiences with both of them, but both in very different ways. My first one, um, I had to learn the very intense lesson of letting go. So right. I had a birth plan. It was going to happen this way. And then right. pretty much everything that was could go wrong went wrong. And we ended up with the exact opposite. Um, oh, you know, that's rough. So yeah. I was, you know, I was supposed to give birth in a birth center and I ended up with an emergency C-section and my kid in the NICU, you know, like it was just kind of the exact opposite. And yeah, so that's hard. It was hard. And I mean, and so the, the thing, I think the thing though, that like I realized as, um, you know, like I, I had lots of support. I never realized that I would need my mom the way that I did, you know, yeah. I had lots of, you know, and she was perfect. So she, she came in and she didn't bug me. She didn't do anything. She just breezed into the house, like washed the dishes, did the laundry and made me food and then like left without like, yeah. even. Wow. It was amazing. <laughs> it was. Yeah. It was totally amazing. You know, like it would, there were, you know, she just would kind of breeze in, make sure we had food, make sure there were clean clothes and like leave. Yeah. It was awesome. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. She was so, she was so great. And I think like, I think when I was reading your book, I think what I, I think moms need to read this or the person who birthed, who gave birth and who, um, or who is kind of in the midst of, you know, becoming this new person, you know, and is in the midst of this identity shift. But I think that the people who care for those people need to read this too. Like, exactly. I, you know, so yeah. talk to me about like partners and I would love to know like how, like, do you, when you work with people, do you just work with the, the person who gave birth? Do you work with their partners? What do you tell them? Like, yeah. you know, how, how can partners who are seeing their, you know, and you had this friend who came to you and said like, look, you're not okay. I can see that you're not okay. Yeah. What, like, what do those people who are maybe seeing a new mom struggling, like what can they do to support them, to help them get the help that, and support that they need and be the person who, um, you yeah. know, is supporting them. And, or maybe if they are seeing the struggle and they're not really getting it, how can they educate themselves about why the struggle is happening? Why it's there? Yeah. Um, I think it's, well, they could read my book, for example, and see like what happened and what's happening with other moms, not just my story, but also other moms and who are struggling too. And then you could ask uh, the mom in front of you, like, Hey, I can see you're struggling. How can I help? And then just see what happens, you know? Let the mom talk. If she's reluctant or you're not sure if she wants to talk, you're just like, you don't want to feel like you're pressuring her, of course, but uh, you can say like, hey, it's okay. You know, I'm here. If you, if you don't want to talk now, you know, you can call me day and night. You know, I'm always here for you. That's always a nice feeling, I think. Mm -hmm. And um, sometimes when you're really thinking that it's, really going badly with the mother and she doesn't want to talk just you know give her the website of a therapist or a life coach that you really you know have a good feeling about that then she can just read you know about that person and you know see if she feels a click or something so she knows that there's help out there you know that she doesn't have to do this alone yeah okay good and what are some so i think when people think about postpartum depression they think about like the baby blues kind of right. typical kind of 
just a little low or sad. Um, like, can we myth bust a little bit about that for a minute? Can we, can we talk about like how postpartum mood disorders, cause there's postpartum anxiety is a thing too, right? Yeah. Can we talk about like how that looks differently. Cause I, I see, I have a couple large parenting groups and I see people talking about rage and anxiety, um, you know, and I think they don't, people don't think that that's postpartum, like that that's a postpartum mood disorder, but it is. And so I'd love your expertise. I'd love for you to talk about that with us. Yeah, it is a very interesting uh, thing you're saying here because I noticed the same like uh, anger or um, I'm sorry, anxiety and depression can also uh, come out with anger, you know, mm-hmm. and most people don't know that. So I recently had a client who said to me like, oh, Tilda, I'm so freaking pissed all the time. Where is this coming from, you know? And then we were talking and then it appears she had a like, huge birth trauma and a lot of stuff that uh, went on in her life. And um, yeah, so there was, um, there was a lot of stuff lying underneath. And that anger, yeah, that's real. I mean, and it can get real, like, intense. And you can get so overwhelmed. And it's not just baby blues, like, oh, I'm hormonal and I cry, you know, go watch a sad commercial or something. It's more than that, you know. It's um, finding the new role as a mom or a dad and all the responsibilities, you know, there's so many of them. You need to remember how to take care of your baby, which is huge because there's an everlasting to-do list <laughs> that I couldn't remember the life of me. And I kept thinking, like, how do other moms do this? And I, I felt like such a failure. I couldn't do it. I couldn't remember. Oh, yes. Yeah. And it, tell me, why do you think – so I know we're, we're talking about postpartum um, mood disorders more and more and more you know, and how to have a healthy postpartum experience. Right. But I I feel like something I've been seeing when it kind of in the, in the mom groups that I'm in it, I think, is this new to the human experience? Like did did the, like did the postpartum period not used to be so hard? Is there something about the way we are living and doing things as a kind of a collective Mm -hmm. society, as a worldwide society, that's different than how it maybe used to be 150 years ago? For sure. I think it's both, you know, I think that is the case that we are living in a certain time where there's high expectations and a lot of pressure on new moms, but it's also like, um, it takes a village to raise a child, right? I kept waiting, like, where is my village? Do they just knock on my door? Where, 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 where's my tribe? You know what I mean? They, they were nowhere to be found because everybody's working or living far away or having their own busy lives. So where my village was nowhere to be found. So my village was just me and my husband, and we had a couple of friends who also just had babies. <laughs> so it's hard, you know? So it's both, I think. It's like not having that village that in certain cultures is still there, but not in my country. Mm-hmm. And then it was also like living in 2020 and having so many responsibilities and being a working mom and doing all the things that are expected of you also puts a lot of pressure on new moms and dads for sure. Yeah. And I think, I think it's so isolating 
to be a new parent. Totally. You're alone in this completely new way. Like the, on the one hand, you will never be alone again. And you like, no, yeah. no, you have this child and you will never be alone again. Like even like once they've graduated from college, like they're still going to be your kid. They're still going to be on your mind, yeah. in your heart. I remember my dad telling me like when I got pregnant, uh, he was like, yeah. I said, oh, I already feel so responsible. And he's like, well, that feeling, what you're feeling right now, that's never leaving you. Because I'm still worried about you. And I was then 33. He said, I'm still worried about you. Like, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, right? It's intense. And at the yeah. same time, we are alone. And we're not supposed to do this alone. Human no, beings are no. And the isolation part, I think that is one of the hardest things for a new mom. You feel so alone. And we're now in the midst of a pandemic. Yeah. Um, I just wrote uh, an essay about how to survive a PPD during a pandemic. It yesterday was posted uh, online by the Washington Post. Oh, great. Will yeah. you make sure oh, I have the link to that so I can share it? Yeah, I will send it to you. Yeah. And I got so many responses from that. Like, like literally, uh, one of my followers on Twitter said, it was like you spoke to me directly. And I was getting goosebumps reading that because I can only imagine how it can be um, right now. Like, I went through PPD in 2014. But now, in the midst of a pandemic, going through that is extra hard, you know? Yeah, what are, so what are some of the unique pieces of kind of experiencing the postpartum period right now in the midst of a pandemic? Well, normally you would just, you know, ask your parents to come over and help you with the baby, for example, or you would ask your in-laws, like, hey, can you take the baby for a night so I can sleep, you know? Um, nobody can come over to give you a hug, to support you, to bring food, to clean the house, like you said, you know, <laughs> with your mom. There's no, there's nobody there. It's just you. Yeah. You and your partner, if you have right. parenting with one. And, yeah. or single, you know, I read an article about a single mom doing this whole pandemic thing. I was like, big applause for her. Like how do single moms do this? Like, yeah. And yeah. so like, I would imagine then a lot of it is like letting go and look like, you guys survived. Yeah. Okay, you did good. <laughs> like that was, yeah. that was your perfect. Yeah, yourself on the back. Everybody's alive. Else is going to okay. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sure. Like, so, but then how? Like, how do you get from a place then of just surviving to thriving? Well, that was like, of course, a long road. I think 2014. I knew that now it's like six years and. In those six years, I also learned a lot about myself, you know, it was like lowering the bar for myself, knowing that I'm good enough as a mom, also on the days when I feel like a failure, because also therapists also feel like they're failing. <laughs> oh, yes, we do. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and then I have, I have this wonderful neighbor, she's like 54, and she has older daughters, and she said to me, Tilda, you need to be like low-key with stuff, you know, just let them eat food in front of the TV. It wouldn't even come to my mind, you know, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's an actual good idea, you know, and then I think I introduced pancake day on Friday, so I don't have to cook, just, you know, give them ready to go pancakes, and they love it, and I don't have to cook, which is a win-win, yes. and then, yeah, you know, and then just going from being in uh, postpartum depression into a thriving, you know, practice, and my book is about, you know, keep going and believing in myself because nobody wanted to publish this book. Like I had 60 rejections at least. <laughs> so it wasn't easy. Like it wasn't like, oh, I'm just doing that and yay, it's a success. No, it was hard, really I think, hard. 
I think that that says something about, well, thank you for, first of all, for being so tenacious, but I, I mean, I think that we don't want to think that motherhood is hard. Like I think kind of the, they don't, then they don't want the narrative to be that this is rough and we have to go through it and we have to move through it. And there's things that we can do to make it easier. Yeah. Yeah. That, and I think a lot of moms are scared, you know, that people will find them a bad mother or find them ungrateful because there are also a lot of moms out there who want to become a mom and it's not for them because, you know, IVF isn't working or whatever reason they have, you know, and that's so sad. And then you hear other moms complain about motherhood. So I get it. You know, I get why it's sometimes hard to speak up, but you are entitled to your feelings, you're entitled to your thoughts. So just be honest, you know, and open up about it because you don't only help yourself, but also other moms who are feeling the same. I think it's so important to hear other people's stories and, and to share sure. your story. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So what other um, advice do you have for moms who are right now are in this postpartum period? Maybe they had a child in, in the midst of the pandemic yeah. and now we're, you know, two and a half months in and um, they are looking, you know, maybe things are starting to open up and they're starting to have more access to help. And so- yeah, for sure. Like here, now the schools are back open again. I think we were like three weeks before you went into a lockdown, something Mm -hmm. like that. So uh, daycares are also back open, of course, with all the rules and less kids and, you know, all the the measures of, how do you call them, precautions? Precautions? Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so it will get better. You know, the zoo was back open last weekend. We went for the first time, for example. Um, So you notice that, the rules are being loosened up again so that will help but also when you're listening right now you're thinking like i don't know how how i can do this long please like reach out like i can do online zoom calls with you i can start treating you if you want you know you don't have to do this alone or find a therapist close to home who does also zoom calls but please start looking for help but because the longer you wait the longer it will you know take for you to recover yeah and so i think i there is i've also been you know so when i was experiencing postpartum anxiety um my thoughts would run away with me about worries about my kid and their safety and i felt like i had to do the same you know to keep them you know to keep them safe um i can imagine that if i was in that place right now the idea of taking my new baby to a park or to a zoo, or to a grocery store, um, would have been paralyzing for me in that, like, when I was in that time, like, you know, in that, like, place, um, hormonally, or whatever, you know. Yeah, 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 I get it, yeah. And so, like, in that moment where you, like, maybe you have to take your child to their well-child visit, like, you have to take them out, um, how, what can parents do to quiet that narrative to like in the moment when they're having that moment of panic what can they do um i always tell my clients you know imagine like a a balloon or a cloud or a basket and then put that anxiety or that thought or that emotion in that um you know balloon or basket and then let it float away and then tell yourself i am accepting these thoughts and i'm accepting these emotions and then you just let them drift away and then you just go with your day 
and um, it's important that you accept it because you know if you try to run from it or fight against it it will get worse you know it's like a boomerang you throw it away but it will come back yeah and it's normal to have you know anxiety when you just became a parent because it's a big deal you have this tiny little baby you have to take care of him or her or maybe you have twins and they're both crying all the time you know it's hard so of course you have certain emotions and thoughts and no they're not all going to be pretty so the sooner you start accepting those thoughts and feelings and the sooner you start accepting yourself the better it will be yeah i oh i so agree acceptance is huge i one of my earlier um podcast episodes is all about acceptance and how important it is to finding balance and becoming more centered and grounded. Um, And it's not giving up or giving in. It's about being where you are. This is where you are right now. Yeah. Yeah. And also take baby steps. You know, if you want to go to the zoo someday, you don't do that right away. You just first, you know, you walk around the block with your baby outside and you see how that feels. And then the next step is to little grocery uh, shopping, for example, when you're allowed to go back outside again. And, and the step after that is, you know, um, go to the city or the village you walk in. You know, make it a bigger step at a time and don't push yourself too much and don't expect too much, you know, because it's, it's a process. Yeah. And don't beat yourself up if you right. try and yeah. it doesn't work and you have to try again. Yeah, another day. try again next time. It's fine. Yeah. 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 Good. Okay. And so I wanted to ask you then, so you are an experienced wise mom, got two kids. Um, what are your three best tips for staying balanced as a parent? Uh, first of all, I meditate every day because mm-hmm. uh, as much as I love my kids, they drive me insane on a daily basis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, my youngest is in a terrible tools. So like, need I say more? Right. <laughs> Um, and of course, you know, I'm working a lot and my book is coming out. So a lot of stuff is happening. So to stay grounded and stay, you know, mindful, I, I meditate twice a day, uh, not super long, but you know, just before I go to bed and when I wake up and it really helps me to start my day with a peaceful mind. Um, second is I work out, uh, three times a week if that's possible. Now I do it at home, like YouTube or online yoga and stuff but I also like to run and uh, third time is I try to create some me time in between the day whenever I can so my husband is a surgeon so he's away a lot so I do a lot of the uh, taking care of the kids of course Mm -hmm. so I try to find some me time during the day where I can just you know have a breather and just you know eat a sandwich or watch Netflix yeah. How do you do that when your partner's gone and you've got two kids and it's just the three of you home alone? How do you, well, how do you get that? Yeah, luckily the youngest is still sleeping during like between 12 and two. So that's great. And then full disclosure, I, you know, let my oldest one watch some TV and mm-hmm. then I just sit next to her with a sandwich and I just sit there and I'm like, ah. you know, and then I just have a breather or I sit here in my practice and, you know, she's like, very close. I can just hear her. And then she comes to me when she needs something and I can just sit here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think that that's so important to to have that and to build it in. I Um, used to not do that because I I felt like I was a bad mom, you know, like all the other moms. But then I realized that I really need that a long time because otherwise, you know, you start snapping at your kids a lot or you feel overwhelmed all the time. And since I do this, I feel so much better. 
Yes. Oh, Tilda. Yes, absolutely. So I was super lucky when I was pregnant, I was friends with this woman who had older kids. Um, and I was, um, I think I was texting with her and I asked her what she was doing right then. And she said, Oh, well it's rest time. You know, so we're just, you know, my husband and I are laying in our bed and the kids are in their bedrooms and their kids were like four and six at the time, you know, so her kids are, you know, six years older than mine. Um, and I was like, are they sleeping? They don't take naps when they're six and four, do they? And she's like, Oh no, but they never, we never stopped doing rest time, you know, nap time. So once they stopped sleeping, they just started playing in their rooms by themselves every day. And I was like, Oh, that's brilliant. And so we did that. Um, and I was so lucky that I found out about that before kids. Um, so yeah, every, every day my kids go into their rooms alone for an hour and a half and play yeah. or read by themselves and like literally I take a nap <laughs> right right yeah like, awesome oh, good I, for you. I read and I take a nap and I purposely don't do like housework that I right. kind of yeah, have running either. Like, it will never end anyway, so I can do it later when they're up, right? Yeah, yeah. when they're happily playing independently, like, then I can wipe down the kitchen counters. Or yeah. <laughs> if they're, like, bugging me for things to do, I'll be like, here's your child-sized broom. I'm sweeping. Come and join me. And they're like, <laughs> yeah. oh, no, I'll go play. Oh, okay, yeah. good. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, I think it's so important to build it into your schedule. And sure. start, like, start early, like, helping your kids experience your unavailability. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. That you are prioritizing yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. This is a really good one because we are so available for our kids these days that they, yeah, they expect us to be available all the time. They do. Yeah. They do. And I don't know if it's the same with you, but for example, when my husband is there, they don't ask him anything. As soon as I'm in the room, it's like, hey, mommy, mommy, mommy. And I'm like, you can see your dad sitting over there, right? You can ask him. <laughs> They don't ask him, they just ask me. It totally happens. Although my husband and I have a very egalitarian uh, approach to parenting and kind of the day-to-day roles in our family. So um, if they do that with whoever they've been with most recently. So like yesterday I was sitting on our deck, like, you know, in the sun reading and my husband was like, I don't know, cooking or something. And they kept asking him to do things for them. And I'm like, girls, I'm right here. (laughs) You know, like, I, I, I can go get you water, you know, or whatever, or you can go get your water yourself. You don't have to, you know, right? it's, okay to, it's okay to encourage our kids to kind of do things for themselves yeah. and to spend it's time. so important. Yeah. Oh, so is, um, you know, when I was little, my mom, um, and see, this is the thing, like, so I knew that this was okay to do with my kids because my mom did it with me. Oh, good. Yeah. When I was little, my mom would um, tell us, she would play a game with us. She'd say, okay, I'm going on vacation to Australia. And this was, you know, in the eighties. So there was no like long distance phone calls weren't a thing. You know, she's like, so if you need me while I'm in Australia, you have to write me a postcard and you probably won't get a letter back until I come back from Australia. Six weeks later. Yeah. Yeah. So, So she would lay on the couch and read magazines and if we came up to t- try to talk to her, she would say, no, I'm in Australia. Send me a postcard. <laughs> and and she, just held, she held it like it was a playful, but very firm boundary. So funny. Yeah. And it gave yeah. me permission. It gave me permission as a mom to set similar boundaries within my own. Like I'm not a, quite as silly and playful as she is. Yeah. Like, naturally. Good advice. I think yeah. a lot of moms will benefit from this. Yeah. 
But I think like the key is, is that, so if we want our kids when they grow up and become parents to not struggle in their postpartum period, they have to see us taking care of ourselves, right? Of prioritizing ourselves, prioritizing our mental health. It's so important. I feel really- super important. And like, it's a gift to them. Like freeing, if like I told you right now, by sitting down for 20 minutes and not answering their questions and reading a magazine, you can free your child from mom guilt. Like in 30 years, like that's pretty powerful. And you can, like you can do that, right? (laughs) Okay. Um, All right. Any last thoughts, Tilda, for our listeners? Anything you want them to know about? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like if you're listening and you're struggling, no, please know that you're not alone, you know? all new moms and dads, you know, struggle and um, stop aiming for perfection and try to accept yourself as you are. And that if, if it's not working out today, just try again tomorrow. You know, you're a good enough mother as you are. Even if you feel like a failure, you are not, you know, you're good enough, really. Yeah. I wish that every, I don't know that every parent would cultivate this little inner voice that speaks to them as if they were their own best friend, you know, we would never say the things we say to ourselves, to our best friends, right? We should. We should. Yeah. 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 I say this to my clients a lot as well. I say to them, like, what do you, would you say to your best friend? And then it will be like super sweet and empathic Mm -hmm. and everything. And I'll be like, say that to yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. Give yourself, you know, a, a hug, you know, for example, and just t- tell yourself you're going to be okay. You know, be nice to yourself. And the lower you set the bar, the nicer you are to yourself, the, the easier it will get. Yeah, uh, that's beautiful. That's, a, I feel like, a great place to end. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, Tilda, thank you so much for being here with me. Why don't you tell thank you for having me? Yeah. <laughs> so good. So tell people where they can find you. Um, and I'll make sure I put all the links in the show notes, but just yeah. people want to Google or whatever. Yeah. So I'm on Instagram under uh, at this is postpartum and you can order the book, uh, through pre-order on amazon.com. And, um, yeah, that's it, I guess. Yeah. Great. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Okay, how great was that? I really think that this topic is so important and I hope that chatting about it a little bit, hearing uh, Tilda and Mai's experiences, letting you know that you're not alone and that there are things you can do to make your postpartum period and journey a little bit easier. I hope that that was really helpful. If you want to know what's next and want to take the next step, I want to invite you to head over to the show notes page on my website and download this week's Balance Bite. In it, I'm going to share with you my top four tips for getting some extra alone time in your day with your kids. This is something that I walk my private clients through. Uh, I'm giving you um, kind of a behind the scenes look on how I get it with my kids, with my family, because my husband travels a lot. And so sometimes I have to make sure that I get my self-care time and my alone time while my kids are awake and uh, in the house with me. And so I want to just share those with you. And I want you to go over to my website and download them. If you're already on my email list, then you should have gotten the balance bite attached to this week's email. Uh, But if you're not yet, go ahead and download this week's balance bite and I'll get you on the list.
so you can get all of them each week directly into your inbox. Okay, so thanks for listening today. Um, remember to subscribe to the podcast. And if it was helpful, leave me a review that really helps others find the podcast and join us in this really important work of um, creating a parenthood that we don't have to escape from and creating a childhood for our kids that they don't have to recover from. And if you're listening, grab a screenshot and tag me on Instagram so that I can give you a shout out. Um, and definitely go follow me on Instagram. I'm at Laura Froyan PhD. Um, that's where you can get a behind the scenes look at what balanced conscious parenting looks like in action with my family. And plus I share a lot of other really great resources there too. All right. That's it for me today. I hope that you keep taking really good care of your kids and your family and each other, and most importantly of yourself. And just remember balance is a verb and you're already doing it. You've got this.